Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwyn, and the Insider Crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 99. We are at PCA's national headquarters here in Maryland. We've dug ourselves out of what four inches of snow, four and a half <laughs> inches of snow. Yeah. Everything was shut down. <laughs> Everything was iced over. That's all you need to take up Maryland is four <laughs> inches of snow. Um, at the table, of course, we have Manny Alban and Damon Lowney, and at the controls, we have Robert Forsyth. And uh, yeah, this is the 99th episode. Uh, a big, big number coming next time. Um, not sure how we're going to celebrate. We've been kind of thinking about it and tossing some ideas around but nonetheless a uh, uh, monumentous uh, number for us here uh, with the insider crew um what did we do last week other than dig dig out of snow get snow off the top so of cars. i had a weird thing happened that uh i've never happened before so <clears throat> i was uh um you know checking the tire pressure on the cars that don't have tire pressure monitors mm. did my daughters and i went to do my bmw z3 and I noticed the rear tire was a little flat. I'm thinking, oh, man, I better not have a nail. I don't feel like fixing a tire in this cold. And uh, it was down to 16 pounds. Usually it's 29. Mm -hmm. so wow. I'm like, so I, I put air in it, and I go to the other rear tire. Same thing. Hmm. And I'm like, do I have, like, two nails? No. So I put cold. air in, and uh, then I go um, in the fronts are only, like, one or two pounds low. And I thought, that is strange. Uh, so... Every morning, uh, yesterday and today, I've checked, and they're fine. Oh. But I'm thinking, what would it cost just the rears to drop that much pressure? Well, yeah, they say when temperature drops yeah, but 10 the front degrees. Drop but your, too. Well, your front one would drop, too. Yeah, that's what I... Huh. It's possible you have um, maybe a, a very small leak in both wheels. In both? No. I mean... But almost identical pressures. Yeah. Huh. We'll see. I mean, it's really weird. So uh, we did cars and coffee, which was indoors. We did. We were outdoors for like fifteen minutes. It was so cold. It was, were there cars? It was, yeah. Oh, and cool. there was about uh, four or five Porsches. Early nine eleven. Good for them. Um, I'll show you Robert a picture of it. Um, but we went inside of Panera, and it was probably like I don't know twelve, fifteen of us plus mm -hmm. some other car people that were um, in there. But our friend Rich, I won't say his last name since I don't know if he wants me to expose him as buying this car. <laughs> He bought. He was looking at a 930, very unique 930. Oh, cool! And uh, you know, everybody says do a PPI, and he he paid to have this PPI done, and it was out in the West Coast. The car pre-purchase inspection. Yes, and um, uh, he had uh, you know compression test done. It was an expensive expensive PPI, but he wanted to make sure um, that it was everything was up to up. What year? It was a uh, European, I think it's 84. Okay. Slant nose, not factory. Oh, slant nose. Oh, not Very well factory. done. He, the receipts he was showing me uh, would cost almost as much as what the factory option would have been. Mm -hmm. um, compression comes back about 50% on all the cylinders. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. And so... Uh, but but low compression, turbocharged, right? The, so so <laughs> the... Uh, the um, he goes back to the owner, and the owner's like, well, I guess you don't want to buy the car. And Rich is like, well, you know, what would you sell it for now that you know what you know? Right, you right. Know? And uh, Rich made him an offer, um, substantial uh, cut of uh, the price. Yeah. And the guy went for it. Wow. Enough to cover engine rebuild. Wow. So now. Just imagine if he didn't do so it. Rich yeah. talked to Bob Miller. He talked to Mike Levitus. Uh -huh. I think even Gennady. And uh, they all said the same thing. Drive it. It may be just carbon. They've seen this on motors before, especially 911s, where you can give. On air cool 911s, a bad compression reading. 
And, oh my uh, gosh! <laughs> tell me. So, so he doesn't have the car yet. Okay. Uh, I mean, he, he settled on the deal. It's going to be he's, uh, arranging shipping right now. Uh, but he said he's going to drive it in the season and then see how things go and maybe mid season check the compression again. And that see. would be insane if it was just because of car. But the point is, uh, get those PPIs done. Oh, absolutely. You know, I know we preach it, uh, but. Um, but it, it was a substantial savings he was uh he got because if it is an engine rebuild then it's not going to be a surprise to bum beyond the original price he agreed to yeah um the ppi that exposed uh, a big problem you well, know what's interesting is um so ppis when you get one maybe for your daily driver like mazda th- my mazda 3 or something if if i had done that if had i not bought it from somebody i knew you know, you're looking to spend maybe an hour, or so 150, 250 bucks mm-hmm. in a shop, roughly. Yeah, for a Porsche, it's probably not enough. You know, if you want to discover, no, his was close to a thousand dollars. Yeah, and I was just going to say, Tony Callis, um, out on the West Coast, he, um, I think, did a Tech Tactics East presentation a while back, where um, his pre-purchase inspections are a thousand bucks, and he went through all the things. And it probably included, you know, the leak down tests and all that. It's and I would say it's worth every penny. If you're paying yeah. how much for an air cold, like what, fifty, sixty for a yeah. turbo, hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Well, look at look at this guy's case. Like, I'm sure it probably was driving okay if he yeah. hadn't done a PPI and shipped the car all the way from what'd you say, California? Yeah, West Coast. West yeah. Coast, and then find out that it has fifty percent leak down. You got to do an engine rebuild. Yeah. That's 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 tough to find out yeah. after yeah. you paid for the car. And uh, like, based on the comments on YouTube from CPO, a couple of them listed said that uh, somebody said that they yeah. had a CPO done to their or a pre-purchased inspection done to their CPO car. CPO car they were going to buy, and uh, they saved money because they were able to negotiate a lower price because the PPI found uh, a, I think a defect in the paint. Yeah. Um, so. Here, here's the thing: we're all guilty of it. Is we're so excited to get the new car. That sometimes we're like, oh, I, you know, I looked at it, or a buddy of mine looked at it, and da 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 da, and you just, you just want it so bad, you just say, no, I don't want to, you know, ask the seller to do a PPI and then arrange it, and then you forgo it. But if, man, if you're you can, getting you can be a leaving deal, a lot, of, a lot on the table. If you're getting a deal, like if you're buying for market price and you're you're fine with that, you know, um, I kind of think people aren't going to be clamoring. You know, fifty people aren't going to be calling to get something for market price if they yeah. find something that's. You know, like my Cayman I bought in 2019 for less than Mm. $15,000. Like that was a point where if I get a pre-person inspection, is the guy just going to say, nah, I don't want to deal with that and go on to the next out of 20 people. And then then he's going to sell it to someone that just is going to take it. So it's easy to go down that road. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, As I, I... what. What did I do uh, last week? Probably the most significant thing was I was actually invited to speak at the Las Vegas region's 50th anniversary, which was really cool. Nice. Um, But on my way out there, I went out on Friday, which was the day where it was snowing pretty hard here. And um, I decided I'd leave the snow-capable car at home with uh, the family, and I I, uh, ordered an Uber to to the airport. Now, I assumed that the Uber that said yes to come pick me up would be a vehicle that can go in four or five inches oh, of yeah, snow. Oh, yeah, because they do full background checks, <laughs> and I'm sure they inspect each vehicle before it leaves the house. Yeah. So, of course, you know, the app runs around and tries to find me a driver. It finds me a driver, and, of course, when it confirms, it says, your driver's coming in a Corolla. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Corvette. <laughs> no. <laughs> in a Corolla, and I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Okay, so uh, I... I, I 
I did the guy a favor and I kind of walked up my street to where it was flat. And um, sure enough, he came. You know, I, I I watched him as he was on 95 and 32. He was moving at a pretty good clip. But then once he got to my neighborhood, obviously it was much slower. So I meet him sort of at, at this flat area um, in uh, in my neighborhood. We I throw my bags in, hop in the car, and no more than 10 feet, the front wheels start spinning. Because I, I thought maybe he had winter tires <laughs> or something, but he just has, you know, all seasons. Yeah. And I'm now sitting in a Corolla stuck in my... In, in my neighborhood, I'm like, I'm wondering how this guy's going to get on. And I've been fortunate that I've either had an all-wheel drive car or I've prepared my cars to have winter tires. Like, I've never mm-hmm. really had a stuck situation. So, and I'd never had a front-wheel drive car that was stuck. So, I'm like, how is this guy going to do it? And I learned this. I don't know if he knew it was a technique, but it was a very effective technique. How would you, Manny, how would you get out of a stuck situation? You're up on a hill in a front-wheel drive Corolla. Do you know, and oh. my front tires are spinning. Front tires are spinning. You got to back down until you get some grip. No, nope. I, I know how you nope. could do it, but it's probably not what he did. Well, well, how would you say he did it? So you're supposed to left foot brake and on the gas, and that's the poor nope. man's con- traction control. Nope, the car has no. traction control. It was kicking in. Well, no, that, but... that's not what I mean though. When you left foot brake and you're mm-hmm. on the gas and you use the brake to modulate. Oh, uh, yeah. How? Nope. I would live in a neighborhood where the plow would come early in the morning, <laughs> like yeah. in my neighborhood. Yeah. So he turned his wheel all the way to the right and just feathered it, and the car moved like a foot forward but yeah. sideways. And then he turned the wheel all the way to the left. Oh, that's very moved smart. Moved a foot up, and he just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, all so the way let up. Me, let me guess. He was using all-season tires. Yes, he was all season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. well, Vu said that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, kids, kids, save your money and I say, save your time, save your uh, winter tires, sanity, and get winter tires. Yeah, winter tires, it wouldn't have been an issue. You don't have to do these hex. It was still impressive. It, 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 you know, side side to side, side to side, side to side, all the way up the hill. And then once we got to the top of the neighborhood, this guy was driving on 32 and 95. Now, snow is still coming down at this time. He was driving like it was sunny, 70 degrees. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. We survived my neighborhood, but I'm wondering if we're going to go spinning off of the highway. Thankfully, he got me to the airport. Nice Morning, we went to Cars and Coffee. I got the little tank out, the Z3, the winter tires, oh, and I just went through I'm, I, I went up a hill and never even slipped once. I am a firm believer in winter tires. I think you bought a set of winter tires from my sister that – Yeah, 10 years uh, old. 10-year-old, yeah. and uh, <laughs> Still on the car. So when I moved no, to kidding. Boston – I had the only car I had was my five liter Mustang, and uh, that was the first time I, you know, I was like, I'm gonna switch to winter tires. Seems to make sense. And that that uh, winter, man, even in a Mustang, which is like probably the worst car yeah. you can take in the snow, it was unstoppable. It was yeah. like wearing cleats. I mean, it was just it would just go through anything. Yeah. So it, the only thing you have to then worry about is um, bottoming out if yeah. there's too much snow, but or ice. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> how about you, Damon? Uh, well, I did. Not really much car stuff. Um, I'm, I'm just ordered yesterday, actually. Um, or you're hearing this on a Monday. This is last Tuesday, so you know a week from when you heard this is when I ordered the parts. So I'll probably have them by the time you're hearing this. But uh, waiting on parts to get the Cayman on the road. So an engine oil cooler from a 996, which is a little bit bigger. Yeah. And um, then I bought the center radiator kit because oh. it's one of those things where if you do the center radiator 
you know, or the uh, you should do the oil cooler to balance off because mm-hmm. this it's a heat exchanger, I believe, is what I've been reading on the internet. So it has coolant that passes through and cools the oil and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a mechanic friend of mine in San Diego told me that you really should make the oil cooler larger if you're going to be going with more coolant capacity. Oh, I see. So intake plenum's off. It's another wire in there. Um, and that'll be hopefully done in the next week or two. But um, otherwise, I played video games like <laughs> almost the whole weekend. There's a if anyone's listening, uh, Go- Ghost of Tsushima Sing- for PS4. Single life, so good. So like you, I've okay. got some big projects coming up that I've got to order some parts. Um, in fact, I'm going to utilize my PCA discount uh, at Pelican Parts because one time I already year, did that with the plenum, you? yeah, ten yeah. percent, so, do it. So I've got to do the water pump in my E1 Cayenne. Those of you that have done it before, if you can chime in, what while you what while you're in there stuff should I get? I think I'm gonna, uh, of course, get the water pump, get the gaskets. I'll probably just get a new serpentine belt. Uh, I'll probably just go ahead and get new air filters. I'm figuring I'm taking mm-hmm. all that stuff apart, right, to yeah. clear and get there. So I don't know if there's anything else that I might need. So again, if you've done an E1 Cayenne water pump, chime in below and let me know if there's something else that I'm missing. And then the other big project that we're going to do before, uh, hopefully before Tech Tactics East, is I'm going to go from, I have a LN, um, more traditional bearing in my 99996, and I'm going to go over to the LN, the solution, the IMS solution, which is a plain a, bearing plain with bearing, an oil feed. Yeah. Plain bearing with an oil feed. So that's going to require dropping the transmission, and uh, we're going to hopefully record it and show people, can you do this, you know, a shade tree mechanic like myself, can can you do it? Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna chime in. I know the the biggest wrench in the plan. I wouldn't say wrench is um you know I did it on my Cayman or at least pulled the seal. You can't really replace the bearing without breaking the engine apart. Yeah. Um, but the biggest difference with your car is that it's rear engine, so it'll be getting things off might be a little different. But if it's not, if things are easy to reach, you know, like bolts, yeah, it should be pretty easy. I I really think that if you have the right tools, yeah. IMS and you're a decent mechanic. Yeah. IMS bearing isn't like super complicated. It's we'll just see. high risk. We'll see. Very high risk. The, the, the thing is, we're going to do it here at the office, which, you know, we, we do it here so that we're going to cord and everything. Mm-hmm. But doing any car project here in the office is the worst because yeah. all my tools are at home. So you I can't get the EC to approve a budget so we can get some decent get tools. Some decent tools. Yeah. We got a list. We got a garage. Yeah. And we got uh, a free Swiss Army knife to work on cars with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, Manny, you had a little uh, thing that you, you gave us some homework to do. Yeah, I, I had been thinking about this and I, and I saw, I guess, a meme or something where somebody said something like, uh, unlimited money five cars to fill a garage what would you choose mm. so i thought uh and, and i get to say sometimes because uh, we do get to drive uh, interesting cars um you know uh what's the most interesting car you ever driven and but i thought what would be the cars that we would want to drive um given the opportunity not own yeah just uh if we're but own a, if we wanted to if we right? were an event or somewhere and this, somebody felt really sorry for me and said Oh, I heard you want to drive this car. Here's the keys. Uh, <laughs> now I know the reason for all of this. The strategy for 2024 is getting possible um, rides in amazing cars. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, but the never, ones I picked, I'll, I don't think there are very many opportunities. Yeah. Unless I get the Powerball winning, I'm not going to be able to buy these cars. But yeah. there's a slight chance 
I may be able to drive one one day. I think the cars I chose are in that same uh, vein. It's yeah. uh, cars I, that I might be able to drive, but yeah, certainly. I, saw, never I, I believe each of us chose at least one car that the other person chose. Oh, we did? We yeah. had some not, not everything, but okay. you'll see pretty soon. So I asked, I asked everyone to pick five cars that uh, they would choose. Um, if they would love to drive uh, if they had the uh, given the opportunity, or okay. hope, hopefully they have the opportunity. All right, and, so uh, and uh, I didn't specify racer. Mine are all street cars, or at least street legal cars, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't specify racer street. All right, before we get into it, let's uh, go ahead and remind folks if you're enjoying the episode, be sure to give us a like. Of course, we love reading your comments, and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And of course, uh, if you're not taking advantage of our PCA produced email newsletters, check out eBreak News, Mart Fresh News, Performance News. Just head over to PCA.org and sign up. Best of all, it's free. All right, your top five, Manny. You go first. You mean go first? Okay. So, um, you know, my first one is probably because I think it's such a significant vehicle. And just seeing uh, recently that we had someone drive on our behalf, um, I would love to drive number one. Just, oh, yeah. to, just to see how, <laughs> what it was like, what it was, how it all started. And just to think that, you know, who had the people that have sat in that car. Um, I think that would just be like, I, I've sat in it when it was like at the museum, which was kind of cool, but I would love to be able to actually drive it and double, you know, double clutch or if whatever. And yeah, what was the very first one like to drive? So my, my hot or cold take, however, I guess it depends on which side of the fence you are. I that's not a Porsche I would really want to drive unless I just happen to be right place right oh time. Oh my gosh! That's, that's where it all that started. doesn't look any fun to me. That, me that's almost where it at all. all started. <laughs> that's like going to you know the birthplace, right? Yeah, but if you can pick five, there's so many more that, that you would can have drive. been on my list until they let every other journalist who doesn't care about Porsche <laughs> yeah. drive it and then soil the uh, the uh, I still want to drive it. Me. I still want to drive it. Yeah. All right, my next one I think is an iconic car that I've known about as a kid, and of course the whole uh, James Dean and everything is. I would love to drive a 550 Spider. I would love to drive one of those too. I think that's such a cool car, and I've, yeah. again, I've sat in many of them, but I've never actually. I've never driven. sat in a real one. You never saw one. No. Yeah, so I, I, I one sat either. in number one and sat in actually that very specific um, Spider at the museum. It was all they were all in the um, the workshop that day, and. uh yeah, when I, when I get a chance, I put my behind in the seat just to one to see if I even fit right. <laughs> and there's been cars where I sat in. I'm like, people were much smaller back in the day. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Huh? It was them, not me. Yeah. Um, the other car, the third car that I chose is oh a, yeah, five fifty. Would you drive? So would you require it to be a four cam five fifty or a push rod? Uh, I honestly I wouldn't matter. I wouldn't matter to me. I okay. mean, of course, a four cam is rare. That's yeah. only the first, uh, the first but the four uh, cam has more power, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I would, would take four cam just because I would take four just cam cause. just because power, but yeah. it doesn't matter to me at yeah. all. Um, the next one is a, an iconic vehicle that I grew up with, and I just always just love this one, and it's the um, 935 Moby Dick. I just, the, 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 the whole idea of that car and pushing the regulations um the fire that it breathes turbo i mean it's just it's a beast have you sat in that car uh have i sat in a night no i have not i've been very close to one and again at uh, the museum and they were i guess not restoring it but they were just kind of going through it and uh, but i've never gotten to sit in one 
but that would be cool. Um, the next one, this was the one where I'm kind of jealous because I know Manny has driven one before, and that is again I've yeah, sat in we one. We both picked. I've, I've sat in one. I've started one, but I didn't yeah. drive it anywhere, and that would be the Carrera GT. Yeah, Ooh. that's on my list. I just love how that car, everything about that car, from the way it sounds, the way it looks. Yeah. Um, Mandy, you've you've driven that car. Is the clutch as tricky as people say that? Because it's what a like an eight. It was a heavy eight. clutch. Um, to me, it wasn't tricky, but I guess I was also coming from a world where I was racing a. A, a 911 with the lightweight, lightweight flywheel. flywheel. So you knew it, how to feather it. I knew I could, and it had great pedal feel for the clutch. So mm-hmm. heavy um, pedal, but lightweight clutch. Lightweight clutch, but it had a lot of feel to it. And, yeah. um, it wasn't the type where it didn't engage until the last inch. It, oh, okay. Uh, you felt it. And I remember I, the thing I, I, I distinctly remember was I came out in third gear because the, the shifting is so tight. Ah. that I thought I was in first. And it still pulled away, no problem. And it, well I pulled up I pulled onto the highway and uh the owner said, Wow, that's pretty impressive. And I said, What's that? He goes, You came out in third gear. Oh, I'm like, man. Oh my God. I said, I'm so sorry. He goes, No, no, he goes, You did a great job. He wow. goes, I, I thought you'd stall it. And I like I didn't realize I said it felt like first gear. Yeah. So much power. Mm-hmm. Um it's a really a um between that and the nine eighteen having driven that too. There's just two different two different cars completely. Yeah. It's a more uh, there's no hybrid system. Obviously, it's more raw. Um, it's like they strapped a uh, ten cylinder engine uh, to the back of a car, of a steering wheel. Yeah. and said go at it. It's, yeah. um, and also, it, if you want to call it the history or the lore of the Carrera GT, is just so cool. And I guess since we're talking about it, I might as well get my thoughts on it out of the way. Um, but there, the full story about the Carrera GT isn't really all that widely known, but in July, the July, 2014 Porsche Panorama, um, there was an excellent story, um, called, I think it's the, the true story of the, um, Carrera GT, uh, no, the long and winding road by Uh Randy Leffingwell. Nice. And everybody talks about the car. Yes, V10, it's amazing. That's why I love that car and the carbon chassis and it's analog and it's manual and it revs, all that cool stuff about it. And it looks great. But people think, oh, it was a a Le Mans car and Porsche never, you know, uh, or or, or didn't end up racing it, you know, canceled the project. And that Mm -hmm. was a like LMP2000 or 9R3 is what the, the type number was. But what makes it even cooler and what is what's less known is that the the V10 was actually a Formula One engine project mm-hmm. as a proof of concept um, to see whether the Porsche engineers wanted to see whether they could do it or not. Mm. But I think at some point they knew they weren't going to be entering F1. Right. And then it became an endurance engine when they changed it. And then it became a road car. So that's a Formula One V10. Yeah. And in a road in a road going car. <laughs> in a road going car. Yeah. So I thought it was funny that it was supposed to be uh, no top. Mm. Not a convertible, just no top at all. Yeah. And uh, when it debuted at the um, in, in Paris, it was pouring down rain on the street. Mm-hmm. And after that, that they were like, "No, it's got to have a top." But originally, when it was designed, it was without a top. I didn't know that. Yep. Huh. And the nine R three actually, it's it's not a car. I, I wanted to put a different car in place of that, but I, the nine R three is so amazing. That would be a great car to drive too. The the prototype. Racer. Now, was it the Carrera GT that they were? Each car they made, they were losing money? Was no, that's a 959. They oh. had a tough time trying to sell all the Carrera GTs, I believe. All their supercars, they've always had a tough time. Everybody yeah, yeah. thinks that they sold out immediately. Yeah. But the, the Carrera GT was also one that they were sitting on for a while. Yeah. Yeah. They built a lot. But, like, um, was it 1,200, 1,300, I think? 
Wow. Um, like but they they did not uh, they did not fly off the shelves because just like the ninety eighteen was a lot of money mm-hmm. and there was competitors mm-hmm. that people could choose from. So um, and of course. Even back then, people said, oh, it doesn't really sound like a Porsche. It doesn't look like oh. a Porsche. So, you know, <laughs> There's always the haters. <laughs> it's, it's the time erases all these memories. Right, right. Uh, but, you know, we, we lived for the 19 Spider, how nervous Porsche was and that they weren't going to sell these. I remember people were buying when, P1s. I remember when Career GT prices came down to about 275 300 Yeah, mm-hmm. anybody who bought them then. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it was still a lot of money because that was the price of a house back then. But to think that that car came down to that price yeah that's crazy um honorable mention before i get to my last car and we just talked about it is the 959 and i didn't put it in there because manny and i did have the opportunity to drive the prototype 959 in stuttgart and that was what i had hoped and expected that car was amazing mm-hmm. the yeah. way the uh, <laughs> acceloration uh it was it was like, crude uh, but fast and noisy. And when you just, sit in it, you feel like you're sitting in a uh, 964. Yeah, very There's familiar. Really no difference at all. Um, it's a little bit different switches maybe, but you're essentially in a 964. It's uh, when the boost came on. Oh. And, and the boost of a modern turbo, it, it's going to be quicker. Yeah, but it, it this was so raw. There was no, uh, there was so much lag. I remember and that when it finally kicked in or sequential turbo, not yeah. twin turbo. But it didn't eliminate lag. Oh there no, was plenty of lag in that car. Yeah, and and pops and barks and all that kind of stuff. I think was... Bruce Canepa, when he redesigned these nine fifty nines, gets rid of the lag or at least mm-hmm. most of it. Yeah, I think he but... he he gets rid of, I believe, the sequential turbocharger setup mm-hmm. in favor of a twin turbo. Twin turbo. And yeah. what you know, for those who might not know exactly what sequential is, is um, instead of having two turbos, you know, giving power equally, a sequential turbo is one smaller, one's larger, one hits at low RPM, and then kind of like VTEC, the other hits Kicks in after high, high RPM. Yeah. Which was state-of-the-art back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that was definitely an honorable mention car. But this, the last one is I just would love to drive a 992 Cup car. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. I, 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 would, I want to drive the latest and greatest. I thought you drove that at the uh, president's meeting. No, I drove a GT3 RS and a GT3 and a Taycan. Have you ever driven a car with slicks? Have I ever driven a car with slicks? No, I have not. Because I I have not either. But my friends who uh, had cars with slick cup cars, that in itself is a learning experience. Yeah. See, there's so much I don't know. They warm up differently. Uh, That is what I was told was they warm up differently than the Hoosiers that we were running the regular DOT uh, R7s. Um, in fact, I remember a former president, who a uh, national president who got a cup car, and I think he looped it coming out of the pits. What? First time out. <laughs> oh. And this is before social media. This was the old-fashioned phone call. Yeah. Phone calls were made as soon as it happened. Oh, and I found out Somebody called me up to say, yeah, he looped it as soon as it came out. But because they don't warm up the same way, and so oh. they're a little bit different characteristics. So, um that would be a steep learning curve. Yeah, I mean slicks and then sequential transmission. Oh, a suspension that. Sus- uh, yeah. Well, depending I think on that the. That would be just an amazing experience. I've gotten yeah. rides in cup cars. I've gotten a ride in a but cup never, car. I've gotten uh, a ride in a, a 996 Carrera Cup, but it wasn't a GT3. It was a 996 that was built out. Oh, like to the a Grand Am, Grand Am series car. Something like that. It yeah. was a, it was a club racer or time trialer in you know Southern yeah. California. 
good driver back then. But um, I just remember, you know, the tires were warm by the time I rode in it. Mm. Um, you think you have sticky tires with these, you know, Trofeo RSs uh, yeah. and the what are the the Yokohamas and all that? They have the two hundred tre- treadwear ones, and they are sticky. Yeah, you don't know it. What you're missing when you if you go, go to slicks. Slicks, yeah. slicks are so grippy. Yeah. So those are my five, and plus my honorable mention of the nine five nine. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So um, Crow GT was the natural first car for me, and we already talked about it. But um, ever since it came out, it's been my favorite Porsche, and I was around Crow GTs um, a little bit out of high school. So oh six, oh seven, oh eight, I was going to community college in San Diego, and hanging with my uncle and aunt and doing PCA events. So I got to go to a dealer event where an owner of the brand new Cura GT was there and he revved it a couple times and, oh. you know, I had my face down and it spat water on my face <laughs> and it was so cool. And then in my VW Corrado, I went on a PCA tour and I was the car directly behind a yellow Cura GT oh. for like two and a half hours. Wow. And it was so good. I, I just, that was nothing better in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. The the one thing about the I almost didn't choose the Carrera GT partly because I thought that somebody one of you would have chosen it, but also I feel like the Carrera GT for a long time a lot of people loved it, but it was sort of under the radar compared to the Enzo or you know some of these other cars that have supercars that have come out. Now everybody loves the Carrera GT, and it feels like the Carrera GT is a bandwagon now. And maybe I'm wrong or a little sensitive that. to that. I mean, I, I've that's nothing wrong with it. I yeah, mean, I mean, I've just because the car's popular doesn't mean you shouldn't like it or want to drive it. So, you know, if you know something about me, if something becomes really popular, that's when I start to lose a little bit of interest, and you, I, I can't uh, explain why. You don't drink Coke, then? I drink Coke, Pepsi, Doctor Pepper. I drink <laughs> anything. <laughs> so. so here's yeah. the thing: is I'm, I might get chastised for this. Like, so when the Carrera GT came out, the Enzo mm-hmm. was. Pretty much, it's like counterpoint, right? Yeah. Uh huh. I've never liked the Enzo. I always thought the Enzo was a little. I mean, I respect like I, it. It's a cool car. It's a cool kind car. Of ugly. It's kind of ugly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I think the Carrera GT has just has a yeah. much better look to it. And, yeah, I don't but know. it's a Ferrari, and that and it's V twelve, which is why I think yeah, you, maybe you heard a little bit more about people loving the Enzo back then. It or, was named know. after the founder. I know, I know how I know yeah. how special it is. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, but the it's last still, car wasn't it the last car he had under, uh, under his supervision? Input right? in. Yeah. yeah. But still, yeah. though, I don't think, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not so, it's not for me. So I'll, I say career GT. You know, I'm not going to let my my weird you know thought process take that down off of the top five. It's still probably my favorite car. They may be popular, but uh, people are so excited when they see them at a show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's not there are like things that, that are popular and cringe or popular for no reason. But it's not like Kura a Macan where you see them good. everywhere. If these are pretty yeah. rare yeah, cars, exactly. Um, so second one, this is a. Uh, uh, a concept oh. slash prototype, but you mean a this is the one we talked about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is um, the 904 Living Legend, and this is part of the. This is one of the I think early 2010s concept car slash prototype that that Porsche made using the Volkswagen XL1 chassis. So mid-engine, rear-wheel drive, uh, and that's what the XL1 is. But the XL1 I think had like a two-cylinder, a three-cylinder, and it. I gotta say that goes like four hundred miles on like a gallon of fuel or something. That is a good looking car. And they use yeah. uh, Turbo S wheels. Yeah, yeah, a version of the Turbo S wheels. It's carbon fiber um, base. It has a sport bike engine, is what 
course, just said in the um, uh-huh. press release. So I'm guessing Ducati, since the whole VW brand thing. Um, there, I don't think, I don't think there would be a better car to drive than that if they ever came that's out that's a it. very good pick like i that was not even on my radar and i'm i believe they've made it i'm pretty sure that is an actual running and driving car at the very least it's uh it's sitting on wheels and those are real fo- photographs it's not computer generated it's sitting somewhere at vysock i'm sure yeah but you got to think super super low weight and super high revving engine um, that is a, a recipe for... What do you think super low weight is? Because that doesn't look like to me. So the XL1, um, I believe, was like 1,400 pounds or something. Oh, wow. Oh, that is so the, and this is, I believe, closer to two, but yeah. I'm pretty sure they can't. It was light. like 1,900 yeah. pounds or something. Yeah, that is very light. Then. So nice. it's a very light car. Um, How much is a, a 914? Uh, 2,100 pounds. Yeah, so yeah. lighter than it's a 914. Really light. That's crazy. And I'll, I just have to bring up, I think that Porsche... Uh, exclusive was it exclusive with Sonder Lunch program? Yeah, remember we were talking to Boris? Oh yeah, yeah. That's the car I was telling him. Are you making one of these? In the look on his face, so I'm I'm hoping <laughs> that they're gonna that make they're one. actually making one, and that we hear about For it. A customer hear that about it if, cool. if if they actually do make it. Um, so that would be up there. Um, and the next one is, and I was extremely specific about this, just like Manny was, uh, which you'll hear about, but the. 199 the GT 911 GT 198 Strassen version version only one made only one made um, that's all he needed so to make a, a modulation it's, it's a street version of the GT one that one at Le Mans they I had think, to make a street version to be able to race it in a class yeah the previous ones were like part street car part race car you know had the 993 had the front end and 996 headlights and then uh what was it a, a space frame or something well, at the rear they used the front end the previous ones using the, using the front end of a 993 yeah and, and then the it was back space end frame? of a 962 basically it's 962 in the yeah, back okay yeah. and um very very different from the gt198 so the 96 and 97 cars totally different they basically said oh screw this we just go to monaco <laughs> yeah we're, we're gonna actually win and they did yeah. computer-aided design um to i believe for the first time you know for one of the race cars if not their street cars to do a carbon fiber chassis carbon fiber everything um it is just so ultimate and they made a street car which so cool um, I would love to drive that. It'll never happen. Of course, but... you know why I like the car. I mean, the car is very cool. Dude, but now, I... this is different than the one that's in the front of Pano. That's, oh, yeah. That's not a 98. That's a 97, I believe. Which one? The one that's on the cover of Pano this month. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. That's the one they built 20 or 22, I think. Yeah, they, they built like 25, maybe. A good, a good Where do you think that them. car resides now? Is that at the museum? I think it resides in the Middle East. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if the if Porsche owns it, actually. Wow. I don't think they do. I think they sold it to... Uh, so there's the one from Pano. Yeah, and that's it, a 97, I believe. Yeah, it, it has they the look very identical. Uh-huh. All, 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 well, the first one actually was easy to tell because it had 993 headlights. Right. It didn't have the 996. So these are the 996. So that's the 96. The mm-hmm. 97s are the most popular. Mm-hmm. And uh, then 98, like Damon said, one only. Yeah. One only. Huh. In that, the ultimate ultimate. And that's a car. That's not a car I'd actually want to own. That's something that. I would just love to drive it on the street for a couple hours and then maybe do a, a and, couple and laps at the what, track. What motors in that one? I believe it's still it's, the flat six yeah. twin turbo. Yeah, it is. Same, uh, so nine six two base, yep. nine five six. Wow. Gonna say pretty much the same as a race car. Yeah. 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 So water cooled heads, air cooled, everything else. Very cool. Very uh very cool car. So the next one is the RS Spider, and this is a race car. Um and the reason I love this car. 
even though it's it's an LMP2 car, it's but Porsche built it from the ground up and engineered the whole thing. And then it uses a, I forget the size, but I think it's like a three or three and a half liter um, naturally aspirated V8, which is what the 918 Spiders V8 is based off of, as well as the 963 race cars. And so what we have here is a small and smaller than LMP1, lightweight, V8 naturally aspirated prototype sports car that without having driven really any race cars, <laughs> um, I like to think that that's probably one of the best race cars. Oh, you driven on uh, sim racing. Yeah, so. on iRacing, yeah. uh. it's really good. But, um, you know, it's, it's sims are not like a one-to-one sort of. See, I look at that and I look at Heartbreak because when that car came out, everyone thought, they're finally returning to Le Mans. Yeah. It had been 90, it had so many, uh, about seven, eight years since they had raced at mm-hmm. Le Mans. They're finally returning to Le Mans only for them to say, no, this car is not a Le Mans car. Yeah. It's just for ALMS. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was not, disappointed. About, yeah. I was. Because, but, uh, you know, to the naked eye, it looks like an Audi. It looks like the mm-hmm. same thing Audi was running and that we could compete. Yeah. But it was, uh, like Damon said, LMP2 wasn't an yeah. LMP1. Uh, they competed with LMP1 as far as, um, performance yeah. it actually beat some lmp1 mm-hmm. cars i believe um or came first overall and a race or two i want to say or at the uh, very several, least. several times yeah several times yeah, yeah. in fact uh, this morning i was listening uh, on the way into uh the smoking tire podcast with patrick long and mm-hmm. he was talking about i forgot how he got to this point but uh he was talking about the g-force mm-hmm. and um i think he said over four g's and spider yeah and that uh they used to he said the Indy driver drivers told him to strap down the um, tethers on his Hans mm-hmm. just so that the tethers would keep his head from moving because mm-hmm. he said by the time you got done, it was like an incredible workout because there was so much G-force yeah. on that car. Great. So, you know, it, it's kind of funny too. So when this car came out, I, I want to say it was, it wasn't 06. I, I think it was 07, 08, 09, sort of in that. I think, I think 07 was when it came out or 08. Um, I was, so the reason I'm in the automotive journalism industry i guess with pca like not 100 percent journalism the money but it's the money exactly (laughs) no but um uh when i was in college i worked at the university newspaper and somebody came into the newspaper offices and um i wasn't i was in the digital media room not the main newsroom and somebody walked back and said hey somebody's offering some you know uh, press passes to the long beach grand prix Mm. and i know you like porsche and i'm like yes i'll go and I ended up going to Long Beach Grand Prix, interviewed Patrick. My first race car driver interview uh, was with Patrick Long. And oh, I, I loved Patrick cool. Long and still love Patrick Long because, you know, American driver. And he did so awesome uh, when he was racing. And he raced the RS Spiders, which was the coolest car race car Porsche had at the time. And, um, you know, I, I met Andy Shupak, who was the PR I don't know about PR head, but he was one of the mm-hmm. higher level PR guys mm-hmm. back in the day. And all that together, RS Spider, Long Beach Grand Prix, you know, first interview with one of the drivers, which by then I think he was Flying Lizard mm-hmm. um, uh, and racing the RSR. And it was just one of those times in my life. Um, and it also happens to be such a cool car. Um, the next one. So this last one was t- tough for me to choose. And I originally oh. had the 917 16-cylinder prototype. Um, but I'm like, ah, I mean, would that be a good car to drive? And I'm, no, 9083. Because super lightweight, uh, hill climb um, build of a race car 
that was really meant to do one thing super, 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 super well, and that was to go up a hill as fast as possible. And Porsche made so many design choices and changes with that car that would have been compromises in any other sort of race series just so it could go up the hill faster. And um, I love that purity of design, much like I love like the Cayman that we profiled at Parade Autocross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, that thing probably wouldn't be amazing on track unless he made some changes because it's got that huge air dam basically just to push the car down. You know, aero efficiency doesn't matter. Just to do one thing, autocross. In a 9083, this 9083, one thing only. You know, um, or I guess it wasn't one thing. It raced in other places, but it was meant for hill climbs. Um, and I just love that, you know, the purity of mission. It's a good PCA connection too. Yeah. Yeah. And what's that again? I should know. Oh, yeah. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, I know. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think it was actually that number 20. It looks yeah. like a... Oh, my God. I'll, we'll leave two, it at that. The two arrows on it. But uh, yes, we that's have my history list. with that car. That's my list. All right, Manny. Yeah, very good. Your uh, ultimate all list. All right, so um, like we had mentioned, uh, three of the cars uh, that people probably say, why didn't you mention uh, I've driven already? So these are cars we want to drive. We want to have a chance to drive. So I've driven the Curry GT. I've driven the 959. I've driven the 918 Spider. I've been lucky enough to have been offered uh, rides, and I'm happy to say all three of them are so one piece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, my first one is I love the 962, and uh, I saw a video uh, by Speed Hunters uh, years ago where they profiled this uh, gentleman in Japan who um, had a street legal version. And uh, Porsche never did this, but uh, one of their drivers started a side business, Vern Chupan, and he um, basically made street 962s out of, uh, I'm going to say, leftover 962 uh, monocoques. Mm. And so this guy, this isn't an actual Rothmans uh, car, uh, but he had put the livery of the Rothmans uh, on it. And uh, it is, uh, to me, this would be so cool to drive on the street. I would definitely win at Cars and Coffee with this yeah, car yeah. if you show up. And uh, I think in the video, it even shows him going to a convenience store, um, just driving it at night and it has turn signals and it's, uh, you know. So is it laid out true to what the original car is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a monocoque. Yeah. It's, it's basically yeah. the same car. 962 engine. Everything's a 962, uh, but it's set up to be able to uh, be legal for the street. Oh. So the Dower or the Chupin or, or even the race car 962 or even 956, that was a strong contender to be on my list. And the reason I took it off my list or, or d- didn't put it on the list was over time, the Group C cars have become l- less appealing to me. I still think they're awesome, but obviously other eras are what interests me a little more nowadays. And after racing like in Gran Turismo or, you know, other racing sims, the 962s and 956s are not the best cars to drive. Then they're just not all that fun. He's basically in my I was going to say this, it's a video game. All I can think of this is why, this is why you don't sim race. Yeah, because it's not like reality. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I would <laughs> say I don't want to drive it, but like as a top five, having yeah, that's why it's not on. So my Patrick top five. Long was also talking about the the difference between the RS Spider and the yeah. 962, and the RS he said had power steering, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. helped a whole lot. The 962 did not. Yeah, he said, but the downforce was about the same, and the G force. Mm. Was, but the 962, yeah, it was a beast. Um, it was, um, I remember hearing, and I don't know if there's any truth to this, but uh, this is back, this is by the time when they have a lot of customer cars out there racing. 
Uh, and this is, uh, so I went to see my first Daytona in 90, 90 or 91. I remember it was the last or second of last year, the 962s were uh, still legal to race in the series. They weren't competitive at all. And it was all privateers. Porsche had left that game a long time ago. Uh, but I remember hearing from one of the drivers saying that uh, there was so much G-force on the banking that some of the drivers who were out of shape were starting to pass out. Wow. Yeah, wow. because there was so much on the, on the banking, which I thought, holy cow, somebody yeah. passing out at 180, 200 uh, miles an hour, that's got to not, not be good, good for things. Yeah. Uh, but that always stuck in my head. And then I got to sit in the um, Brumos one years ago. And it was exactly like I imagined it with that 917-style front windscreen. Um, it felt like you were in a fighter jet. So I've never, never driven one, but I uh, even would be happy with a passenger ride. Mm. Yeah, same. All right. So um, number two is, uh, I guess, the predecessor to this is the 917K. But this was a special one. This was uh, built for Count Rossi of Martini and Rossi fame. And he... Uh, he wanted one for the street, and so in '74, I believe, uh, Porsche went about uh, to build a Count Rossi his own street legal 917, which they uh, they did. You can see it has on on YouTube. If you're watching, you see it has Texas plates. I thought it was Alabama to start it with, but either Alabama or Texas. But I thought it was originally Alabama where. It was very easy to get this car titled mm-hmm. and licensed, and that's how he got it street legal in the U.S. Um, but it's all leather interior, um, full 917 engine. It's, um, you know, it's a 970, truly a 917 for the street. So that would, uh, I would love, you rarely see this car at events. Yeah. But I'd be happy to look at it, but I would be even happier to drive it. Yeah. Yeah. Very <laughs> one I'd love to drive too. Uh, and the next one we, we went over is the, uh, 98, uh, mm-hmm. GT1 for the same reasons we just discussed, mm-hmm. um, once again, I'd be happy just to see it in person, be able to see, uh, say I saw in 98. Um, although the story that uh, that Dieter Langenberger told us years ago, uh, I guess would have been the um, 60th Porsche Parade of French Lick. Mm-hmm. And we had, to, uh, we had a museum, a little museum set up inside the um, ballroom to celebrate PCA 60 years. And we uh, brought in some cars to display the museum. One of them was a GT1. I think it would have been the 97. Mm-hmm. Um, but I re- do you remember the story where he said the rear louvers on the side window? You can tell that year or that exact that serial number of that car because it only had five instead of right, seven, right? <laughs> and there was no aerodynamic reason. It was simply because the guy who was uh, clay modeling it uh, to be turned into carbon fiber uh, finished on a Friday, but he still had two more louvers or three more louvers to go. His assistant thought he was done, packed it up, sent it to the um, carbon fiber people. When he gets on Monday, it's gone. And his assistant says, no, it's already been sent. They're working on it. So he uh, uh, he doesn't do anything about it when they get it back. Then the designer, I think this would have been Tony Hatter, looked at it and said, why does it only have five, not seven? And they, you know, had to sheepishly admit that it was a mistake. But uh, Dieter said that's how you can tell the one, one year to the other. Um, so the next one would be uh, one that we actually saw in person at the Peterson, and we saw it again at uh, Bruce Canepa's shop this past year. It's a famous 71 916, mm-hmm. the one they call Brutus. So for those who don't know, the 916, uh, well, they were all prototypes. Uh, I think I'm going to say maybe 20-some were built, maybe a little bit less. Um, they had a 911S engine, a, uh, a um, I think 2.2. 
911S engine, maybe 2.4. Um, it was a thing of legends because uh, seeing a 916 is very rare. Seeing Brutus is even rarer because Brutus was given to uh, Ferdinand Pieck's wife. There we go, 2.8 liter RSR, Robert's highlighting. Um, it was even uh, rarer because uh, uh, his wife, um, would, from, from the stories I've read, she would take it back to the uh, factory and demand that they change interior, whatever it takes for so the factory is constantly redoing the interior mm. to different styles until finally, um, I think someone at the factory talked to a hair peak and said, you need to tell your wife to stop coming by we here. We need and to it, work on the panel <laughs> gaps. <laughs> and to stop uh, having the guys work on the different interiors if you, the, 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 to uh, make her happy with the different fashion choices. Uh, but that would be, a, if I've never driven a 916, and if I was to drive one, I would love to be able to drive Brutus. Wow. So the interior that we're looking at in on YouTube now, that's the latest iteration of I guess that was yeah. the last one maybe. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's probably not fast by today's standards of cars, but the history and uh so the nine sixteen never took off because it was gonna be as expensive as the nine eleven S. And uh um the 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 uh, I believe the street versions wouldn't have had the RSR, they would have had an S engine. Um but it just it had a fixer steel roof. It uh, was supposed to be the supercar 914.6, but yeah, it was priced too high, so Porsche just scrapped it, and that was the end of that. Very so cool. The last that's one is the uh, uh, the one that's probably most attainable, and that's the uh, Carrera 6 or Ooh. the 906. They couldn't call it a 906 because Peugeot was still bent out of shape with any numbered car number that had zero in the middle, uh, so they called it a Carrera 6, but internally it was known as the 906. It's the last street legal race car they built um i know the 917 was street legal but that wasn't uh porsche's intent uh this was still legal street legal in many countries i believe jeff schwartz has one yep and if you uh youtube uh peak like Fernand peak to peak like the mm -hmm. mountain peak um uh cam ingram and his shop uh, have done several drives with these kind of cars and uh that's to me like the ultimate uh Boy racer street car. Yeah. It can, can actually use it or drive it, you know, and Yep. It's uh yeah, we saw we most recently saw uh, other than Rensport, we saw the uh, El Tigre that uh, mm -hmm. Ingram collection had a VIR and it's a very tiny car. It's yeah. a very cool style that if and this is probably before your time, uh, Damon, but cars that were in um Speed, speed racer, racer yep. were all this type of body style. Speed Racer, yeah, I remember Speed like Racer. Like the early cartoons. Yeah, yeah, the white like big one. Big bulging fenders. Big bulging fenders, little cockpits, and I mean, Racer You, you have to remember car. cartoons in the early to mid-90s, like they still showed stuff from like the 50s oh, and yeah. 60s all the time. You, yeah. you don't see that anymore. Like, yeah. And I think Looney Tunes isn't really, you know, all that appropriate right. for... <laughs> uh, uh, most of my kids, late, late 90s, early 2000s, mm -hmm. yeah. they thought that... Um, I remember we used, to, we used to laugh. They thought the Flintstones was modern. And uh, Gillian's Island. Really? In fact, oh, my, my yeah. son and daughter at dinner the other night were talking about that. And my eldest son says to his, his younger sister, he says, you still remember that? How did you know it was old? He goes, because it was black and white. <laughs> <laughs> but they still watch it. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. they really enjoy it. So. Yeah, Speed Racer was definitely my favorite. Yeah, Speed Racer is probably one of the reasons why I guess maybe I, internally is why I love Porsche and uh, mm -hmm. because they use a lot of style, like Bruce said, of those... Uh, the sculpted fenders. Yeah, and I actually liked 
I actually liked Racer X's car better yeah, right, than yeah. Speed Racer's I car. I think I did too. I'd and I think, to I think Racer but... X's car kind of looks like uh, Carrera 6. Yeah. That's yeah. a very cool car. But anyway, that was a cool exercise into... Uh, uh, yeah, and let us let us know if there's a car yeah. that we didn't mention. That what are your you, favorites? What, what are your or cars? if you own any of these cars and you want to... <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to stop by help, and help let, a, let Damon drive one. Help a starving attached. employee drive yeah, their, Listen uh, to you two beg. That's... <laughs> <laughs> so unflattering. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but speaking of getting to cars and doing some videos, you've got a pretty special video that's coming out. Uh, yes. So um, hopefully the video gets approved uh, today as we're recording this and it releases on Tuesday before the newsletter comes out tonight. But if not, it'll be maybe later this week. But it's a. Uh, I was able to interview Nikki Rader from Monti Racing, one of the co-CEOs of Monti Racing in Germany. He was at Rensport. Uh, they did a presentation over mm-hmm. at the tent um, of one of their, uh, the 992 GT3 with a Monti performance kit. And what kicked this off was that there is a, oh, geez, I forget the region. Is it Northland region? North Country North region? Country. North, North, Country. North Country region member Carl Leinzing um, is very enthusiastic about Monti race cars and the company and, and owns a club sport GT2Rs club sport 25. And something that was on Carl's mind was why don't more people know about Monti in mm-hmm. North America when they're the Nürburgring record holders and this and that. And no, we've seen press releases and articles about how they're now selling Monti performance kits, kits mm-hmm. and parts at Porsche dealers. And what this video does is sort of gives you the lowdown who, who, what is Monti Racing? You know, quick explanation how it started, um, and what they've done over the past twenty five years, and then a very thorough walk around of the Club Sport twenty five by Carl. And it's kind of funny, one of those things where maybe you would think, "Man, do we really want the the driver to do the walk around?" Mm-hmm. But you know, you want the engineer or something. Carl did an amazing job, actually. He's, he's an awesome. He's an <laughs> he, awesome guy. Yeah. He talked about that car like he was part of the engineering process, or at least on the PR team or something, mm-hmm. in some respects. And um, and so yeah, it's just sort of a what is Monti? What's their latest stuff? What are they up to? And so, do you think how does it relate to North American customers? Do you think the fact that you know Monti isn't known as well is because over the years, Monti is kind of like sort of the skunk works behind the scenes, and Porsche has always wanted to make sure that they're out front as opposed to the skunk works team maybe but i mean porsche invested into uh, 51 percent you know but that's not until, majority not until recently though. that was 2013 yeah so it was 10 years ago I was now gonna say 10 years ago yeah so um, like like would you say like amg is to mercedes kind of like not Mon- quite like no. yes yeah. yes but it, it's not so he, here's my theory so monti racing they make the sort of mods i would want to do to my car which is basically leave the engine alone and yeah. address every aero, aero other thing and everything and else. brakes yeah. and whatever. And that's what Monti does really well. And, you know, I, I, I wonder if anyone's better than them at it. You know, they live at the Nürburgring. That's yeah. where their shop is. Yeah. Um, but unlike AMG, they don't, that I know that's of, true, do engine it, right, modifications. AMG does power plant And they build full cars like right. the AMG... One, but earlier than that, the uh, the Gullwing mm-hmm. thing that was built by AMG and Monti is not quite there. Yeah, they're all about keeping the engine yeah. fairly stock, mm-hmm. and then just aero and suspension. Yeah, and 
I, so, I think it had to do with racing, like we, we've talked about internally, is that mm-hmm. um, I think people liked the idea of racing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to Daytona this week? Yes. You know who has pole? Porsche. The green <laughs> cup car. The dinosaur. Porsche? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, the pole position GTP? No, I don't. Cadillac. Right? Oh, yeah. Cadillac. First two spaces. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, and I'm, I'm asking you because people like the idea of racing. Yeah. No, it's the truth. I mean, what is it when we run um, articles in e-brake news? Like, we we love that Porsche races, but when it comes to people actually reading and being fully detailed about mm-hmm. what's going on in Porsche racing, not many people knew. Yeah, including I, I think I think PCA members like... I think we all like racing to some extent, but we're a lot of us. Most of us are probably not diehard fanatics. Yeah. I think, including me, I don't watch a ton of racing. I yeah. love racing. Yeah. I, I, in some ways, rather do it myself, but that's another story. Um, but uh, 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 basically, we love the technology that comes from racing and seeing it in our streetcars mm-hmm. more than we like the racing itself. That's my well, to me. It's a uh, perfect example is what F one did with uh, Drive to Survive. Mm-hmm. They um, made uh, F1 popular. Before yeah. then, it was a very, uh, oh, if you heard someone talking to F1, you had a kindred spirit because you knew they probably got up early and they read where uh, Drive to Survive handed all this information to them on the platter and it was easy to digest. Mm-hmm. So sports car racing needs that kind of um, shot in the arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you go to Daytona, the crowd's going to be packed. There's going to be a lot of people there. But beyond that, it's not something that uh, people talk about, at least in my group. Uh, we talk about the cars and coffee the following weekend. Yeah. There's not yeah. a YouTube ecosystem about what is Ferrari doing next or what is Porsche's 960, you know? Yeah. Which is, but so yeah, I love Monti. I, I don't think people realize, as many people who might buy their products realize that you can go to a Porsche dealership. Because if you're going to be looking at X, coilovers or you can go to your Porsche dealership and buy the ones that Porsche runs on the GT3R race car and put them on your GT3. Which one are you going to go buy? Money, no object. Yeah, the ones that run yeah. on the GT3R right. race car. What's been <laughs> proven by Monta. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's uh, a video uh, coming up very soon, hopefully today, and it'll be out before the newsletter. Um, we also have a one-mile review, and this is... As we said last podcast, not the last one mile review, and certainly not the last review in general, but we are not doing as many. And right now, for right now, this is the last one, and that's a Club Coupe Comparo. So the 2006 um, 911 Carrera S Club Coupe, PCA's first raffle car um, and 50th anniversary car, and compare that to the 911 GTS Club Coupe, which from 2016 celebrated six years of PCA. Uh, So drove both back-to-back on the same day on some nice roads. And if you want to know what those cars are like to drive and what I think of them, uh, watch the video. It should cool. be out by the time you hear this. Very cool. I don't think there's been many people that have driven both back-to-back. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. Yeah, I've, I mean, driven, I've driven both those cars, but obviously not back-to-back. Yeah, and it's funny because this, uh, this or, or these owners, um, you know, they own both club coupes, and I don't think many people... <laughs> Have both club coupes. They're yeah, so the rare set. and expensive, I'm sure. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's get uh, into the news, Manny. You've got uh, this first one is um, a big deal because I think by the time this comes out, um, most will have seen the January. Yeah, it's kind of hard to talk about the, this kind of thing when they're back to back because by the time you're listening to this, you already know who won the 24 hours Daytona mm. 
We do not because we're recording it before the 24 hours of Daytona. Um, but the, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the uh, Daytona. No, Never no. mind. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> You're talking about the Makani V, yes. which is the, yes. same, it's the thing, same thing. Same, same thing. thing. By the time you hear this, yeah, that's coming out. out on the 25th, which is two days away for us. Uh, but if you, uh, you, these are drawings that Porsche leaked out, um, and and the car looks absolutely beautiful. It's, it's a um, very nicely done, it's very good looking SUV. Yes, it is. Uh, it looks muscular. It looks uh, mean. It does not look like I guess uh, maybe some electric cars were were hell bent on looking ugly. Yeah, uh, this is a very uh, sharp looking car, so it's I'm very, very excited to see what the details are. Uh, they've leaked out the range already. Uh, nothing with the weight. And, of course, there'll be a lot of questions as far as price point goes. Mm -hmm. um, so this one will be built on the PPE platform, which yep. is the same as yep. the exactly. Audi Q6 e-tron, I believe. It's a whole know, new, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> It's a new platform uh, that they're, uh, they've I been think they said uh, They said there's a 100-kilowatt-hour battery, um, and they expect the range to be greater, greater than yeah. the Taycans. Yep. So what I found interesting was, so the Taycan famously has the EPA mileage is largely considered by many publications who've tested at ReWorld to be underrated. Mm. It goes further than what, you know, the 200-something miles that is rated for the EPA. I found it interesting that Porsche has let journalists range test the Macan EV already, which they all got roughly 300 miles. I'm wondering if that's in preparation for another low EPA rating. Ah, mm, you know what I mean? Yep. I'm wondering if they're getting ahead of the curve on that. Because hmm. why else would... Yeah, it might be a good point. You know, yeah. wait and see. So, yeah, that would be a very astute observation if that's uh, the case. Yeah, yeah I it's, wonder. A, it's a good-looking car. Mm -hmm. So this will come out, and it will be side-by-side -side with the ICE Macan. Except in, in Germany. North America, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so this one will have the new look. And the ice one will have the existing look. I believe so. Yeah. Right. So. Which had been slightly modified, was it last year or the year before? So. Mm. Yeah, fairly recently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you go based on just looks, the new car, man. I'm wondering it's, if it's, it's an amazing evolution of the yeah. style of the Macan. It's a good yeah. looking oh, good looking vehicle. I'm wondering. So Manny and I had a... Did you hear about what we did, did yesterday at the office? Oh, do you you want to hear this? It's okay, actually pretty right. good. So um, uh, Roberts, uh, our IT per, or camera person right now and an editor here, uh, his son um, owns a Model S Plaid and oh, okay. brought yeah. it in and allowed oh, us nice. to. Yep, and there it is. Yep. Uh, beautiful car. And I have never until yesterday even sat in a Tesla. I don't think. Really? Uh, I got to admit, I'm not a Tesla follower. But that looks like a regular Model S. Yeah. I mean, I, I said it's very German-like in the sense that yeah. it didn't have a whole bunch of stickers or anything that, that said, this is plaid. Yeah. Um, which, you know, obviously we like because we yeah. like German cars. I was impressed. I was impressed. Oh, yeah. And the tech, I, you know, as, as a Porsche lover, I hate saying this, but things like the touchscreen and just some of the tech is is easier to use, yeah. and quicker, and just more slick. than Tech was impressive. In Interior, not so impressive. Yeah. In um, Interior was nice. It was plain. Leather it was, was um, faux cheap. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, uh, but it, how much does that car run? Uh, I think like Robert a, a said ninety hundred thousand or so. Ninety one thousand. Yeah. Robert yeah. said okay. So, um, but you can't you can't uh, dismiss the speed on that thing. No, oh, it's the same. Like, yeah. he, he let us drive it with the uh, non uh, non plaid, non -plaid setting, uh -huh. which was four hundred some horsepower, yeah. which was no, very impressive. Five or six hundred. Five hundred. Yeah. So one, we didn't really push it, but then he gave us. 
launches in some and, plaid mode. In plaid mode, yeah. and that was just freaking uh, out yeah. of this world. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I was my uncle when I went to, uh, to Las Vegas. He picked me up in his Model Y, and uh, he loves it. And you know, it's of course it too is quick. What I found interesting because um, I've been in them before, and the 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 note they mentioned in the article. I think this was uh, Michael Maurer. The next um, point that, uh, or news item that you're talking about is how they're still making the dash. Mm-hmm. Everything is still very much driver focused. Mm-hmm. Whereas when clearly when I was sitting in the Model Y, like it was just a center center stack, mm-hmm. you know, basically iPad looking thing, and just yeah. the dash was really plain. I mean, that's that's kind of the difference, right? Yeah. And 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 Porsche is still building. Even though it's an EV, it's going to be a driver focused and performance. Yeah, I think they're going to two different markets. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what the cross section is uh, between people who are shopping for a Taycan and a uh, Tesla, mm-hmm. even a Plaid version. Um, I think uh, I can't imagine that's too many. You know, mm-hmm. the intersect that are are going to play to to both dealerships or, or not dealerships, but looking at both cars mm-hmm. to um to decide. So what uh what I so uh, Tesla, it's a love or hate sort of thing for me, you know, because I really respect how Tesla approaches car development and car design. I think Cybertruck is probably whether you like it or don't. It is very forward thinking yeah. um, in a lot of ways. And the obviously the Model S is kind of old now, right? It's over over ten years. It's like eleven or twelve, yeah. I think. But it, when it came out, it when was it came, very, also very forward thinking. Yes, it was, yeah. and you know I'm sure they've changed the interior a bit. But what got me were the the little things that Tesla does to make your life a little bit you things you don't really think about until you know you've experienced it, and the the thing that really illustrated that for me was where you can put your cell phone in the Tesla. Oh, really? Something as simple as that. There are two dedicated spots underneath the center screen where you put your cell phone angled so you can see it. Uh Why doesn't everybody do something like that where you can put your cell phone? Like not so you can see. I would never use that. I that's I would put my cell phone every single time. Because I need my cell phone right. The minute I look down, I can rear end somebody. (laughs) I want to. I keep my cell phone on the yeah. mouth right in my eye. That's level. why I just like it when yeah. you can just do Apple CarPlay and just have what you need from your phone projected on a screen that sits yeah. up high. But so what I do when I get into a car, you know, whether I'm using my cell phone or not, is I take everything out of my pockets and I put them, you know, in a, in a spot. And like a 987 has that little opening where you can put your wallet and your cell phone on top. Right. Porsche doesn't have something like that anymore. And most manufacturers don't. They don't have a place for you to put, you know, Random things like that. Oh, I don't know. I think most newer cars now have like a wireless charging place under in the center mm-hmm. of the dash now. Does do Porsches? Uh, Porsches. So I don't remember. Maybe I just haven't used it, but I, I've struggled to find places to put my cell phone where it's just within reach. Not that I'm I, I use it, but like you know, I, an easy place to just put your cell phone down. Yeah, and it's, see, I use mine for um for ways all the time. Mm-hmm. See where uh, yeah. accidents and police are. So I have a mount for my phone. I guess that's where I never really need to look for yeah. a place. I guess the point I'm trying to make is is that it's it's the little things that Tesla does with their cars, I feel like, that make – that's why people like them is they're very easy and easygoing and simple to use. Yeah. Just like, you know, with a, a VW Golf, if you get the base model, the interior is not all that great, but they put leather on your handbrake, shift knob, and steering wheel. 
Those are the things that you're the touching. things that you touch, so right. it feels much, much more upscale than it does. But so. didn't you feel the steering wheel was like really thin? Yeah, the steering wheel yeah. wasn't my favorite yeah. in the Model S, which was surprised me. Favorite. And I, I guess that goes down to, um, uh, you know, it's it's um, two different audiences. Yeah, yeah. And definitely. what do you think about this? The other steering, the yoke. What do you think it'd be? I've never. Uh, I don't think that. I'd want a yoke. Yeah. It just I doesn't seem. That. Yeah, I mean, my I cousin use has one. When you're, and you know, they're they're used to it, but. Yeah. Um, I've never driven. It's the kind of car that, uh, um, especially when they get this self-driving thing down, mm-hmm. be great for my parents. Yeah. I well, mean, seriously, because yeah. if they're driving at night yeah. and they can't see well in the car, you can just punch, they can punch in an, ad, an address and get home. Yeah. yeah. Then that's uh No, my, my actually, that we had that very same conversation when my uncle picked me up from the airport because he had just come from a trip overseas. So his, like, his internal clock was all messed up but they actually flew into la and had to drive home kind of late not late but late in his body clock time and he was just so thankful of like all the safety features that the model y had he's like oh it really you know there's times i was super tired but you know i was able to kind of continue on because i knew all like lane was it lane assist yeah you know the um automatic and the mirrors uh, show you and like the, on the screen what's happening yeah like, what's can, happening everywhere the screen the, and, the that, and honestly i like i would love that for my daughter too like i love all the safety mm-hmm. features that these newer cars have yeah um no oh, i love yeah. it because there's so many distracted drivers out there that's true yeah, yeah. True anything enough. at all to um to, to bring this back to the macon ev is like after finally having experienced a tesla um, I'm, I, I just hope Porsche, with their electric cars and all their cars, I don't want to say build them like Tesla does, you know, but like they take a, a little bit of inspiration sure. to make the car, bring it up to like the tech until yesterday. I thought the tech in Porsches was like amazing. Now I'm like, uh, it's not quite the best. It's very good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. anyway, there's, I mean, the tech I, and the details, there's, Learn from others, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like why recreate the wheel? We drive too many Porsches. We need to drive other things to get that context, right? <laughs> yeah. So the the second article had to do with Michael Maurer and, and the Macan design. I think we touched a little bit upon that. Yeah. But um, you know, it is it is pretty cool that you know driver focused. Um, how do you create a new identity for the Macan E yet still? you know, have it be the same family from the ICE version. So, yeah, that's a pretty cool article if you haven't read that one. And then this last one was interesting. I think we talked about how strong uh, Porsche is in the design world and how they consult. This next one has to do with a surfboard. Yeah, big wave, big wave surfer. No. <laughs> <laughs> I read a little bit about it, but. So they're trying to tackle, uh, yeah, they built, they've, uh, they, they built this um, surfboard, basically. Um, and uh, um, I'm never going to mispronounce it. Nazare, Nazare, um, hundred sure. foot wave. Is that the one in Portugal? Yeah, Nazare, yeah. hundred foot wave. Hundred foot. That's you know crazy. how freak. That's ten stories. That's yeah. like a ten story building coming down. And you know what's crazy? If it's a spot I'm thinking about, there is rocks right next to it in this jutting small little peninsula with a lighthouse or a building on top. That's yeah. If you insane. if you look up, I think. Um, so they're trying to help this German surfer uh, break the record, yep. um, which was uh, I think eighty-six foot. Um, he wants to ride the the mythic hundred-foot wave, is what they're uh, they're shooting for. Yeah. So so let's uh, get a picture of uh, or Robert, if you could just Google Nazare surf spot under images or something, 
and just to see it gives you perspective with a bunch of people standing. Yeah, they're like on a uh, on, on the uh, observation observation yeah. deck, you know, for the lighthouse, and then you see the wave in the background. You almost want to walk up to them and say, "Do you not see these waves coming, <laughs> coming right you? towards you?" There it is. Exactly. That is insane. That yeah. is crazy. So, so, what do you think they've? What are you know? Surfboards obviously have been around for a while. Like, what are they doing to the surfboard to make it? withstand a hundred foot tall ride i'd say they're making it uh probably well, carbon fiber <laughs> uh, they didn't say exactly i don't think it says how what they yeah. did mm. but they're looking to make it faster oh make it faster yeah, so yeah. lighter cuts through the, yeah. the water better oh and i'm so sure they don't you know i'm sure companies don't probably put a lot of r&d into that you know mm. interesting but when you got portion their uh their resources that's uh remember when Porsche did the uh what was the soapbox derby cars they did? And I think Mercedes did it too. Yeah. Oh, they, but they all took them to the wind tunnels and <laughs> it was like, wow. You it's know, the German way. These yes. poor kids, if they take it out to Indiana where they do these like championships, <laughs> these poor kids don't stand a chance. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They'll probably put like a, a mug through the wind tunnel just to be sure that. All right. So let's get into our upcoming events. So we have Tech Tactics East, February 24th and 25th. I think Saturday is just about sold out, but we run the same curriculum on Sunday. So come out on Sunday. Be sure to head to uh, Motorsports Reg and get signed up. We have Works Reunion Amelia Island, March 1st. Registration is open. Uh, the judged area is sold out. We have, uh, I think, still plenty of corral openings. So make sure you head over to Motorsports Reg for that as well. And uh, we have Porsche Parade Phase 1 opens Wednesday, January 31st. You can find the link either at PorscheParade.org or go to PCA.org and get registered to head over to Birmingham this year. Phase 1 is just housing. That's just a, housing. That's hotels. You saw some more uh, time to figure out all the events you're going to do during Parade Week. So if you're a first-time person or thinking about going for the first time, uh, Phase 1, pretty easy. You get your hotel room. There's two hotels to choose from, uh, all the activities are going to be happening at the convention center. So I think both hotels are relatively close to the convention center. And, um, and there are some beautiful driving roads in Birmingham. And um, if you're a foodie, uh, I mean, the food's going to be amazing down there. So uh, let's see. We also have, we've crested over 700 members heading to... PCA's Treffin at Sea. We are heading to Alaska, so hopefully you'll join us. That's July 28th through August 4th. We are booking them now. Um, the key thing with heading out on a cruise is getting the room that you want. I know the ones with uh, the balcony tend to go first, so you know don't delay because you might uh, decide later to Do go. Do they have any rooms near uh, lifeboats? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, can you get your own personal you, lifeboat? Hey, I saw Titanic. You watched Cash Titanic. is king. Cash is king. One too many times. Yeah. I'm going to be the one sitting with the band. <laughs> I'm bringing a Come. wig. If they say men and women and children first, I got a wig all ready to go. You're terrible. You're so terrible. And, of course, uh, those of you that have your cars put away um, because of salt, snow, and such, and uh, you still want to go drive some amazing tracks and maybe drive some of the cars that we mentioned here, we have PCASimRacing.com. Com. Check it out. Step-by-step uh, -step instructions if you need to um, some help on how to get started. But certainly, you know, it's uh, it's definitely growing for us, and it's great to see people having some fun. You know, racing side by side with PCA members when uh, you can't do it uh, uh, in your car. Yeah. Now let's see what else do we have. Oh, make sure if you're looking for some 
PCA Insider merch, head to the PCA web store. We've got t-shirts, we've got mugs, and we've got water bottles and just to show your support of the show. We really do appreciate it. When I was over um, with the Las Vegas region, it was really funny. Uh, a couple started talking, said, oh, we enjoy your podcast. You know, we tend to listen to it in the evening, uh, you know, right before bed. And 10 minutes in, uh, I usually pass out. <laughs> Yeah. That's well, great. Uh, it that, still counts as a listen. So hey, that it, kind of content, there, there's room for it. I I have shows but, that I fall asleep for you know fall asleep to. But the best part is, <laughs> the wife said, "But I listen to all of it. I stay up and listen to all of it." So that was really That's cool. Funny. They were. Uh, it was funny. So many people walked up to me, and I feel bad because when people walk up to you, and they have sort of this look that they know you, you feel like you should know them too. And so, oh, hey, Vu, how's it going? And I'm like, oh, I feel terrible inside because I don't know who they are. And they go, don't worry. You shouldn't know me. I only know you through the podcast and, you know, watching you on YouTube. So, so thank, thanks for, uh, you know, all these people that I met at the Las Vegas region uh, gala. Um, we really do appreciate your support. Yeah. All right. So um, thanks for listening. If you aren't currently a PCA member and own a Porsche, grab that VIN, head over to PCA.org and um we'll sign you up we also have test drive programs so if you're looking for that special porsche for your driveway or garage we can help you with that as well remember to follow our podcast instagram page behind the scenes photos and videos porsche club insider all one word if you'd like you can send us a uh, email at podcast at pca.org if you're looking for podcast decals send a request over to podcast at pca.org and we'll send you a set uh, PCA Insider decal so that you can put them on your toolbox, your cars, or wherever you might like. Um, stay in touch with everything PCA. Again, our newsletters, eBreak News, Mart Fresh News, and Performance News. Until next time, stay safe, and we'll catch you down the road. <laughs>